Hey there, and welcome to our East Coast Church podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church and who we are, head to our website, eastcoast.org.au. From wherever you are listening right now, we hope that the content in this podcast blesses you. Welcome back, Pastor Murray, to our East Coast podcast. If you miss week one, I encourage you to jump back, listen to that first, uh, so you've got context for this week. Pastor Murray and Susie. We didn't even mention Susie last week. beautiful Susie. Incredible Susie. Love Susie. Yes. One of the most significant prophetic words I've had personally, Susie gave me on a Sunday night here. Yeah, amazing. Very prophetic in her own right. Absolutely. Artist. Yeah. Cutting edge is what Susie is. If you want breakthrough, get a word from Susie and it will do you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. See stuff that most people don't see. Yeah. Quite gifted, yeah. Which is so cool. I love the way that you guys um, operate as a team and really yeah. unlock things in people prophetically, which yeah. is, that's that's exciting. And everyone loves you to, I even find the sermons that you bring, people may not be aware, like that's so prophetic, the things that you speak, not even just calling people out and giving a word, but it's as you deliver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think a lot of that, People, people are waiting for an individual word when mm. the actual word is the big 20, 30-minute one. That's yes. the word. Yeah. And then there's these encouragements Yeah. alongside of that. Do you know what I mean? The best word you'll ever have, let me side note, is the one that you hear from God for yourself. Mm, absolutely. They're the best ones I've ever given me. And sometimes I just take other people's words I'll for myself. I'll steal them for sure. Yeah. I remember you said that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Because there was a season <laughs> where, you. oh, my gosh, we're, we're sidetracking. But You're very Felix good at would get, I, that's must be past mark discipleship. <laughs> um, Felix would get all the prophetic words and I just thought, not fair. So I'd just take them on. I think we're married. We're one. One flesh, yeah, that's one it. One flesh, that's my word. One time I would like... Rick and I, Pastor Rick and I, were at, went forward on an altar call. Someone, like, crossed their hands and missed me, like, and reached over my head to Rick's head. So that was – I was rough. I was waiting for a word. <laughs> Got bypassed. So I, I think, know. Yeah, it's important to just, you know, yeah, lay hold of what God's saying for yeah, you. Yeah, otherwise it's very much uh, – I have kind of a disclaimer, you know, you don't get a word that means Jesus doesn't love you. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> everybody equates it to that, do you yeah. know? Yeah, and he just go back and me. listen to week one on identity. Yes. I think that will help you. Absolutely, that will help you. So today, here today. Yeah, emotional needs. Emotional needs. Again, is the big, uh, we have sort of, we have three drivers, our identity, our emotional needs, and our belief systems. Those are the three drivers within us. Every person has them, either a believer or a non-believer, or driven by those, our identity, mm-hmm. by our emotional needs, and by our belief system. So today I want to talk about that because all of us have a different blending of those needs. For some of us, it's significance. Some of us, it's to have a goal. Some of us, it's uh, to be understood, uh, to have time alone. The truth is a big emotional need. Like for some, for thinkers, uh, they would rather you tell them the brutal truth than to cover it with some sweet lie Mm. you know they don't that's a real betrayal to them um so we've got to understand that all of us and part of disciple is is finding out what is it that i actually need what is it that will make me full what is it that i crave and have a hunger for because um in proverbs it says this to a starving man 
bitter things are sweet. So often we wonder why. Why do people behave like that? Mm. Why would people go after that? Why would people? Why would people do that? But if you understand how irrational a starving person is, you'd understand that. So often an exercise I do with, uh, say, a group, I say, let's go out for dinner, and I look at, you know, what's your favourite hors d'oeuvre? What's your favourite starter? Then we move on. You know, people call out all sorts of things. What's your favourite mains? People call out that. And we go, what's... And the girls always win this one, desserts. You seem mm. to be... Oh, yeah, see? Favourite yeah. dessert, Lou? Oh, that's hard. You've really got me on the spot with that one. Um, just you can have whatever you want. You can uh, have a couple. I if say you want. I pronounce this wrong. Pavlova. Pavlova. I usually I... call it Pavlova, but it's Pavlova. <laughs> That's like my dad used to call yeah. it marijuana. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, love a good pav, like a deconstructed pav. As oh, okay. Well. Wow. Mm. So there's all that. So imagine yep. that. So then we follow that up with maybe a cheese platter, mm, coffee. Yeah. And then I insist that we then go down the road and we get an ice cream cone, mm. you know, on our way home. So I want you food coma. Yeah. Food coma, which is one of the best feelings in the whole world. What have I done? And then I offer you, like I, on the way to the car, I find a, an eaten rotten apple core in the mm. gutter. And I say, oh, Lou, do you want that? Yeah. See, you're, it's interesting, you're a... It's almost laughable yeah. to offer you something like that mm. when you are so full. You wouldn't eat it. You'd no. think, what, do you, what? That doesn't even make sense. Why would you offer me that? But see, if you hadn't eaten for three weeks, an apple core looks very mm. good. Mm. And so many people, and unfortunately many believers, are operating empty, yeah, not full. Not, and, and we would read that because, if you like, our heart is like the stomach or the appetite. It reveals the appetites of our soul. What am I really needing right now? And often when we get anger, anger is a great revealer or being upset is a great revealer of when I'm not getting my needs met. Mm. So often we'll be, we come to meet a person and we walk away from that upset. I often say, well, what, what were you after that you didn't get? Do, you didn't feel understood? You didn't feel significant to them. You didn't feel uh, you got right attention. You didn't feel accepted from them. You got apathy from them and so therefore you're upset. And that person has no idea that they've done that to you. Mm. Because it's an interesting thing because uh, we, we think people upset us but we upset ourselves because of our expectations that you're going to somehow give me what I need. Yeah. And we ambush people and we set ourselves up for that. So again, when I talk about those things and all of which, all our emotional needs, God has the absolute monopoly of. Mm. And, and so when I look at my, uh, those needs, what I'll go to, if I don't go to the Lord, I don't go to, to Jesus to get my emotional needs met, any other thing is an idol. So then I start to build idols in my life of that because yeah. and that's where addictions and all sorts of bad coping mechanisms start because it's like oh I know to, what to do when I'm rejected I can just get a start a new relationship with some other person yeah or I um or I can go and drink or I can go and uh watch pornography and I can escape into that 
or I can just withdraw from people mm. in society, or I can not trust it as an idol. You know, people are bad. Yeah. Can't trust people. Um, well, people were never supposed to be the answer anyway. Mm. Can you see that? So we start to, because uh, we, we, we are made to have those. We're, we're meant to have an appetite, but for the Lord, mm. in which he has everything that we need. And so when I actually start to discover that what I need, so one of my things, you know, like I need significance, I need relationships, I need uh, a goal, I need um, social interaction, I need those things. But you know what, if I go, but I, when I discover that, wow, the Lord has those for me and he has the never-ending yeah. supply of those, and whenever I kind of deviate from that and I try to get them. Um, so a lot of what we teach is from John chapter 15, where it says that I'm the vine, mm. you're the branches. Mm. And that apart from me, you can do nothing. So I have to have a life that is totally attached to the Lord, knowing that in the vine is all that I need. All that any believer or any human being on the face of the earth needs is all in Jesus. That's so good. And that scripture really gives you the picture that you need and to understand is that attachment, that deep attachment. A deep attachment. Yeah. Yes. And so if you like, the attachment happens, that, that you know, that knitting mm. in because we're kind of grafted in the we're grafted in and what's amazing is um, and I know Dr. Mike Wells says this that you know when a, when a branch is grafted in it sends out a, and it's sort of dying little self because it has no life in itself yeah it sends out with all its effort a few little spores to try and connect mm. but the vine which has all life it sends out thousands and thousands of receptors to try and connect mm. so God's effort towards us to connect is way more than our efforts. We think we're doing all the effort. Yeah. But here's the, I love this scripture. It's in Jude chapter one, which it only has one. And I think it's verse 22. It says that I, the Lord, will present you faultless, mm. lacking nothing before the throne. Mm. Now, I don't, I like bringing that into now that I don't believe that's for one day when I get to heaven. Yeah. I think that's now, that he is presenting me faultless, lacking nothing. Mm. So he has all that I need. Unbelief. And see, at that connection point between the, the vine and me, there's a few things that operate in that. The things that cut us off from God and cause us to then try and find life in ourself or in anything else is unbelief. In other words, I'm saying, God, you're not enough. Yeah. God, um, you don't do this for me. Mm. And unfortunately, because we're sometimes so emotionally driven, which is again teaching people like that, that we need to understand that God loves me if I don't feel it. Yes. Yeah. That I'm insignificant if I don't feel it. That's true. Hey, mm -hmm. because that's a truth. Yeah. Not emotion. And God never manipulates through emotions. He says the truth. Yeah, and I it love stays you. the same. Yeah, I mm. love you, I accept you, and I have a plan. Yeah. Truth, rock solid. Whether yeah. I can see the plan, understand the plan, control the plan, yeah. <laughs> there's a plan. Mm. 
that all things work together for good for those that love God and according and accord according to his circumstances. That's a truth. Yes. So unbelief shuts that down. And then pride shuts that down. Mm. Pride that says, oh, I can do it on my own. Yeah. I can come up with my own plan. I can come up with my own truth. I can come up with my own relationships. That's all pride. Now, you think of it, the thing that caused uh, Satan to be pushed out of heaven was not sin, was not gossip, was not immorality. It was pride. Yeah. I can do this independently of God. Mm. So there's those two things that are way more evil than if you like immorality or lying. It's actually pride Mm. because that's a a self-righteousness and living independently from God. And so again, when we realise that, so the opposite, if you like, the different spirits of connecting and getting my, getting my spiritual needs met is faith, faith. Yeah. I settle it. Faith, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, faith is the substance, the reality, the perception of as real, even though I'm not seeing it, that God loves me, mm. that it's real, that God loves me. That's faith. Faith isn't things that aren't revealed to the senses, but it's revealed, if you like, spiritually in my, in my intuition, in my communion with God, mm. um, in my conscious, I know God loves me. And it's a big thing even now, and maybe you're not listening uh, to this podcast in a COVID context, but that's how we're, we're talking yes, at the moment for people their emotional needs and for lots of people get filled just by relationship, like those actual relationships. Social interaction, yeah, totally. big, big one for people and can I be feel emotionally full, you know, can I be okay without seeing people all the time and particularly those that could be at home, single people. Yes. Or maybe your spout, you having trouble. Like yes. I know if Felix and I say we're fighting. You don't fight, do you? No, not really, Felix but does. say hypothetically. No. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course we have conflict. But for me, a lot of those outlets would be other other people, other spaces, and this is a unique situation that drives us to find those emotional needs being met by God. Yes, absolutely. A unique opportunity. Yes. A unique opportunity to see, to see God fill me. Mm. Instead of going to the rubbish... Going to the source, going to the kitchen, going to the to the deli, and getting the best stuff mm. from God, because God does want to interact with us. Yeah. Primarily, it's a relationship. Mm. It's primarily a relationship. He's not called father for nothing. Yeah. He's not called son for nothing. He's not called friend for nothing. But we have to go on the journey of discovering that mm. by faith. Yeah. By faith. The other way that opens that door is humility. Mm, it's a big one. Humility and going, all right, God, I can't. One of the most powerful things we can ever say to God, I can't. Mm. Not that I don't won't, but I can't. It's because that's humility is that I, it's not that I am nothing, it's that I have nothing. Yeah. I have nothing to give in this God, like I'm at the end of my rope. And see, so often, uh, see, God says, humble yourself. 
And he always makes way for the humble. Because what he's really saying is this. He's going, if you humble yourself now because he sees ahead, because what's about to happen will humiliate you. Mm. So you humble yourself now and you'll go through this with me. Rather than you, you, you be prideful, be independent of me, and guess what is the worst thing for, for pride? Humiliation. Yeah. So you cop it. So God will disciple you one way or the other. So you'd rather just humble yourself Humble first. yourself and That's go through <laughs> Just humble yourself, I just tried. I'd rather do that. Than yeah, I'd be, much, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a lot better ride. Yeah, it is. Know? And it's a journey and I think those things sneak up on you in all different seasons. You can start in a, in a place of humility um, before God, but yes. then stuff will come up and I think the devil's very tricky to try to trip you up on the little things like I think of the sin that so easily entangles us. It's just I trip over things very easily. I'm clumsy. Um, so I have a good picture for me of those things that just trip you up, that catch your foot, that catch you unaware. Yeah. In You know, in the, in the journey, you don't come to a point of being fully... On top of it, you, you've got to be vigilant. Do you agree of these things in your life? Yeah, it's like, being mindful. Yeah. It's being mindful and understanding that. And I, it's, I, I always say this, there's a, there's, a, there's a very easy way. It's like, and, and I, I, I want you to understand this and get my heart in what I'm about to say, is that joy is a great revealer. Mm. And I'm huge on joy. It's kind of my message. It's yes. been my message probably for the last five or six years. Yeah. And I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking mm. about being effervescent. I'm not talking about feelers who just love happiness and yeah. joy. They're yeah. the easiest ones to do that. But I'm talking about learning to be joyful in all circumstances. Mm. And you'd look, you just do a Bible study on joy, not happiness, which is happenings, but on that. And see, I'm always saying when I get my emotional needs met, joy is the fruit of that. Mm. Joy is the automatic default of that. So if I'm not joyful or I'm finding it difficult to be joyful in any circumstances, yeah. I've got to go back to, well, why aren't I overflowing in the life of Jesus? Because there's obviously not a flow. There's not his life in me. So I have to go humble myself, humble myself and go, all right, God, what is it that I'm not going to you for? Well, you can, I can see it as a bystander at, uh, through other people's lives. So you can have somebody who's going through one thing that's horrific, another person who what they're going through is not as bad, but one remains, you know, with this deep sense of joy. Yes. And then the other person is falling apart, like with less, you what know. What seems like a lesser issue. That's yes, right. Yes. In Like if you go on a scale, um, and just knowing that it's, yeah, that there can be joy and contentment in all circumstances. In all circumstances. That, deep, that's what... that deep sense of it. And that's what you're looking for as opposed to, and I think we spoke about it last week, that problem-free life. Yeah, And yeah. that's not the attainable thing yeah, that what we're is looking James, for. James chapter yeah. 1. So consider it all joy. Yeah. All joy when you encounter various trials and mm. tribulations, which we're having right now. So this yeah. is actually a time, and people have asked me, you know, we've just, we've literally taken over a church and I'm like, like three or four days. Literally the li week. <laughs> on, the, on last Sunday. Yeah. So the first week of January. So yeah, it was like my first, first day as senior pastor was April Fool's. <laughs> 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 so yeah, and, and, and having to get mm. a congregation that, 
I haven't even got to meet all you yet. You can't or, be physically with, yeah. No, I can't use all my, if you like, all my tricks or my charm yeah. or my thing. Can't do any of yeah. that. It's actually got to be God. It actually has to be God that builds this church. Which is a gift, though I think... Which is a gift from him. It's a gift from him, but you, I think it's that control factor. Oh, can you see how that would want to get going in this? Yes. To trying to control it and push people and mm. manipulate people and do all those things when I've just got to have faith, mm. be humble. And, you know, you, there's nothing worse than kind of control because yeah. it's a myth. Yes. Okay, so when we when we look at all of those, getting our emotional needs, especially in times of where the pressure's on and there's yeah. pain and those mm-hmm. things, I believe that God leaves those in our world, leaves those so that it gives us the opportunity to choose him. Yeah. So I, like you're saying, it's great. Why do some people seem to like face horrific things mm. and still be joyful? Why is that? It's as simple as that. They are willing to let Jesus be real to mm. them in that circumstances mm. and others will struggle, struggle even with whatever that is for him. Because believe me, if your God is if your God is smaller than your problem, mm. you've got a real you're you're gonna really struggle or you're gonna you're gonna be defeated. But see, even if your God is the same size as yeah. your problem, that's just going to be a fight. But if your God is abundantly bigger than mm. your problem, you'll thrive. So good. Yeah. So mm. and understanding that and he will cause for the believer, he will cause every idol, everything that you go to, to fail you. Yeah. Do you know, that's why the only people that struggle with sin are believers. <laughs> because it shows you, back to last week, your identity has changed. Yeah. So what you used to go to, to console yourself or because that's what an idol is like it's anything i go to other than jesus Instead of, yeah yeah to get my needs met mm. and now what i used to get my needs met by does not meet it because now i've met him mm. and so he'll continue to cause those to be and that's why some people say i don't know if i'm saved yet i don't know if i'm that the only people that ask that question are born again believers yeah I think we've run out of time. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, I just, yeah, I think just for those that are listening at home, I think how about we just close this podcast um, on could you pray for people, Murray? Oh, just absolutely. as we, you know, why don't we I'd close in prayer? And I think from if you've been listening to identity and then the emotional needs, yeah, I'd love for you to just pray yes. for them now. Mm. Father, we thank you that we can bring people to you with all confidence, knowing that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, mm. that, Lord, that there is nothing that the presence of Jesus cannot fix. We thank you that even grace is kind of like the empowering presence of Jesus. And I pray for people out there that are struggling, that people that are in pain, that people that are alone, especially during uh, this COVID-19 period, that God, I thank you that you will invade their world. I thank you mm. that you have never been away from them. But Father, I pray faith to come real, that people to recognise your presence with them right now. I thank you that people will start to see you, hear your voice, see your presence, God, by faith, God. I pray that all the emotions that are trying to hijack them and hijack their system and take them to where uh, 
It's not even real or true. God, I pray that your truth would lead people right now. Your truth would be the sustainer and your grace would be the empower in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Murray. Thank you, Pastor Lou. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media and follow this playlist to stay tuned on what's coming up.